Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of The League Life. My name is Schnaz, also known as Sam Schnazzy. My friend here, Nathan Brooks, also known as Brooksy, is here. How you doing, sir? Schnaz, I'm very well, thanks. It's Christmas time. It's hard not to be in a happy mood. So yeah, I'm really enjoying the holiday season, which is about to kick off. How'd you feel about episode one, in hindsight? Didn't mind it. Uh, sounded a bit nasally, but... um. You know, I was pretty hungover that day, so... Well, lucky you haven't been drinking any eggnog this afternoon. No, no, no eggnog. Okay. It's been a crazy December, Brooksy. Players are signing left, right and centre. They're leaving, they're coming. What's your take on it? Possibly being the busiest December we've ever seen as, a rug- as rugby league fans. So many transfers within the last few weeks. None more bigger than what happened today with James Roberts to the Broncos. But there has been, there's been a lot of outside backs changing clubs. I was just going through it the other day. So we've had Will Hopawadi to the Dogs, which caused Tim Laffey to find a new club, which was the Dragons. We've also had Peter Hiku go to the Panthers, which seemed like a pre-signing for the Eagles to sign Dylan Walker. And we also had some re-signings in that time. It's been quite crazy. And I think it just shows that there is probably a need for a transfer window post-season. That's something that you've been uh, wishing upon for some time now. It's interesting the players you point out, most of them being outside backs, i.e. centres, which for me has been a big problem in the NRL for probably the last 10 years, having quality centres. The difference between really great centres and and the rest of them being plotters is quite vast. And, and having said that, even guys like Tim LaFire, who me, for me, I'd put in the average basket, he was still really sought after and got some good money from the Dragons. Well, he had a really good 2014. He helped the Bulldogs win that game against us in the semifinals. And that maybe been a interesting point for Mary to go, actually, this guy's quite good. He's a right centre. It's something that they haven't really been strong in the last few seasons. But were known for being a team that always spat out good centers. They saw him come up as a potential free agent. They jumped at it. They got him. And this might start the domino effect as to where Josh Dugan plays now. Yes, the whole NRL at the moment is a big jigsaw puzzle, which we're going to get into. Uh, But as you said today, James Roberts signed with the Brisbane Broncos. It's going to make them even stronger. Yeah, because Justin Hodges wasn't at his best last year. And we see him as probably being the replacement for 2016 at that centre position. Well, if you're going to replace him with someone, he's a pretty good. It's a pretty good start to have. Some of those games he had for the Titans last year, he single-handedly kept them in the game or won them the game. To think of him with Boyd, with Milford and Hunt, with Corey Oates, speed is power. They've got the edges. They've got Gillette on one of the edges. It's like, geez, this this Broncos team's going to be pretty good this year again. He's not only quick, but he. He's starting to get a bit more of a football brain and show a bit more uh, wit on the field. And if they can keep him good off the field, which he, which the Titans did, you'd think even Wayne Bennett's going to have an even stronger impact on his life off the field. I think that it's a major win-win situation for Brisbane. Well, we've heard in recent years how important Wayne Bennett has been to players at both the Dragons and the Knights off the field. And this could be a perfect fit for him. And that's why he probably took 150000 less than what the Dragons offered to go play with Bennett and really put himself in a position to be either the best centre or best fullback in the NRL in years to come. Fullback, eh? Well, yeah, I think I think definitely in a few years' time, he could be their starting fullback. It just depends where they're going to fit people into their roster, 
whether Darius Boyd is going to be the fullback there. I, I don't think he's played his best football the last two seasons, although he has busted an Achilles during that time. But yeah, I think he, he came out and said he wanted to play fullback. And I think that would have been the case at the Dragons. The situation at the Broncos is he's going to be in the centers probably to start with. He's getting less money. He's got a young family. I think he's doing this for longevity rather than the now. And, and that's what I see. I see him putting himself in a position to be the, full, the number one at the Broncos. Well, he certainly spent some time making the decision. And we think it's the right one for him. I'm sure he does too. So that's just one piece of the very, very big jigsaw puzzle. Did you ever do jigsaw puzzles as a kid, Brooksy? Yeah, I did quite a few of them, but um, I like doing the borders and then just leaving them. I think it was because it was easy to find the corners. Like it was, you know, but then once you get in the middle, like if you're doing a hot air balloon, for instance. Yeah. It's one of those projects that on a rainy day, it's when you're a kid, you know, a kid of another generation. Oh, yeah, I'll do a jigsaw puzzle. You start doing it, you got, you know, 50 pieces down and then your mind wanders elsewhere. Do you know how, remember the footy cards that had the jigsaw puzzle on the back do of them? I? They were the ones that I liked where you'd like put them all together and do the logo of the team that all the players played for. Chewing on your pink stick of gum. Oh, can we get the Scanlon's gum back in the rugby league cards this season? I'm calling out Dynamic or whoever. You could, maybe, you could maybe go back to the factory where they were made and they might still have an original batch from the 80s. A big round stick of gum. Like the, I remember when I went to, the, to America and they had those round sticks of gum. I reckon there's got to be an empty factory in Redfern or Ultimo where there is Scanlon's gum ready to be put in 2016 packs of rugby league cards. Going to taste the same too, I'm here oh, to tell you. Yeah. I remember when I had an old piece, I found, I found a piece in my bag of footy cards and I went, I'm going to hit this up. And it broke in half. It lost all its elasticity. It was very dry. And yeah, it was probably the last time I had the Scanlon's gum. An old piece of fruit or, or food will go, will get softer. That gum's just getting harder and harder. Gum's not like wine. Let's just put it that way. If you leave it in a bag in your cellar, it's not going to taste better in five to 10 years' time. And there was another f- interesting signing that happened. It wasn't a big signing um, for the Titans where they got Chris McQueen off the bunnies and that was a bit of toing and froing to try and get the right agreement there for both player and club but i couldn't help but hear the rumor that came out about adam reynolds wanting a release from south to the titans could you make much out of that schnaz like do you think there is something going on at the rabbitos um you know they they went after james roberts they were unsuccessful yeah they got sam burgess back but could have been the reason why dylan walker left to fit him into the cap. Is there something going on at the Rabbitohs that we're not really hearing about? I would think that they would need to clear so much cap for Sam Burgess that McQueen was definitely uh, as big a substitution from that cap as Dylan Walker was. My only real thought about Reynolds was maybe that he and McQueen are really great friends and, and either he didn't like the way he was treated or maybe he saw it as an opportunity for him and his mate to move on somewhere else and do something special somewhere else. The thing about me that I was fascinated, they were umming and umming over $20,000 of his contract. And the contract, uh, I think it was around, what, $170,000 a year? And for me, that's kind of what he's worth, if not a bit less. I think you're a bit more of a fan of McQueen than I am, but um, he's going to have to offer a lot more to 
even justify that kind of money. So I think the Titans are in a position where they need to make these sort of signings and they need to fight for, you know, that $20,000, $50,000. For players like McQueen, who might be, you know, seen at their club as being someone that might be on the outer, which he has been in 2015. I don't think he's played as much as he had the previous seasons. I think definitely the Titans have made a good signing there. James Roberts, if they just got his signature, they could have might have kept him for 2016. They got a signature. They got a signature. I don't know if the guy that actually signed that contract would have been helpful out in the centers for him, but this is the start. Can't build a team overnight, and I think it is a really good signing. It's probably going to be an underrated signing for the year. McQueen could start a domino effect, and it's good that there is sort of speculation and it might not be true at it may be true that a player like Adam Reynolds, who is a clear-cut number seven at his club, could be named in a story that he could be going to the Titans. Barring any serious injury, which we're not wishing upon him at all, I think that Adam Reynolds will be... He's a lifer. Like he's, and maybe not with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but he's shown enough already in his very young career that he's going to be around for a long time. And he may not be in your top three halfbacks. He may not be in your top five I'm not sure but he'll always get a start in the NRL because off the field he seems like a clean skin and on the field he's shown at his very best what he can do but even when he's not you know really on he's still not a bad bloke to have around I think in recent seasons we've seen goal kickers uh, not really have so much of a say in how their teams perform but 2014-15 he was pivotal for the South for South's success like, South fans should be probably happy that they got a title because he was there and he was kicking these goals at a ridiculous rate. Are South fans ever happy? I think they won the comp and they weren't happy. I though. think they were still booing after full time. And, you know, they've got the recording of the booing, I think, as well. Uh, or allegedly got the recording of the booing. So, um, But it is bloody loud from the uh, borough, I assure you that. And sometimes you look at the crowd and you're like, oh, how are that many people making that sort of a booing noise? They're that upset. I'm going to stop there just for alienating a whole fan base in episode two. But the passionate side of it, you cannot deny. You do realize that when we get to the South Sydney feature in a few weeks and we praise them and we say that Burgess is back and they're going to be real contenders, their fans are still going to boo us. We might actually put in some booing in that episode into the podcast just so South fans feel like they're at the game and they're... Well, now you're alienating South fans, Brooks. You've I gone said I wasn't going to do it and I've you already did. done it. They've had a good team for a few years and it's shown they've, they've been quite successful. Morgan! Other than people changing clubs, uh, we had a couple of uh, big re-signings and extensions over the course of the last few weeks. Ricky Stewart extended his contract at Canberra. What do you make of that, Schnaz? A little bit premature for me. As someone who's had Ricky Stewart at the club that he loves, um, Ricky's a very hot and cold coach. In his first kind of, kind of couple of years, he's, he's pretty strong and gets that mentality in there and uh, attitude. But oh, I think that recent years, he's really gone downhill as far as reputation and also win-loss records it's a bit premature but you know he's a Canberra boy they love him down there the Raiders squad next year is is pretty good and we're going to get to that in a few episodes time what they've done down there is probably assured the playing staff the coaching staff that they're going to be there for a while the security of his job is set we all know how contracts are in the NRL and other sports that that could change just like that but 
I think it's a good thing. They've got their half back that they wanted and they've locked in their coach. So I think there's no excuses. I think they've, they've set out that they want to achieve in 2016. Next two years, they have to make the finals and do something special for me. But you're right. And it's funny how... These days, the coaches have so much say in the club. And when I say that, I know it sounds obvious, but I mean, I look at a guy like Shane Flanagan and he was banned for a year for his part in a drug supplement scandal. And on his year off of being banned, he signed a three-year deal. And, you know, there were rumors that other clubs wanted him. And I'm not saying that's not true, but that showed me how much sway a coach has, even when they're not going so well. So for Ricky Stewart, he's kind of got that reputation where 50% people love him, 50%. 50% sort of think he's a bit of a myth, but he's still hanging on to that reputation. And I, th- and I think he's got enough power in the game still for him to say, hey, boys, I want um, two or three more years. I want to sign it now. Canberra went, yep, let's do it. You're right. It's good for stability. Next two years, they've got to make the finals two years in a row. See, I thought they were on the cusp of doing something special last year. And I remember mentioning it to you early in the season. I thought they had a really good squad of players that could that were on, I guess they were at the start of their potential. And... You could see with some of those performances, you're like, like Paul Vaughan. I remember watching him and I was like, wow, this guy's actually a really good player. Blake Austin, for instance. Like Austin Caesar is going to be an awesome combination to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a very big Aiden Caesar fan. Josh Hodgson, the hooker, was outstanding. Yeah. Probably close to the hooker of the year for me. Jack Whiten stepped up. Yeah, and Austin, Austin was really good for a long time that, in that season. They couldn't win at home. That was an issue. But they needed... Be consistent. You know, they, they need to win, you know, three out of four games every four games. They, they need to really put their foot down. And a club can only have potential for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the, the juniors and... And they've had a really good Holden Cup team over the last few years. Yeah. Some really good products have come out of that. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, they need to start performing, I think. That's the, that's the big thing. And I think with this signing, that could be the start of it. And it is going to be... A massive thing for Ricky to go, all right, yes, I've had my up and downs the last few years. This is the time. I've, I've sort of had a bit of time to build this squad now, but the Raiders fans will want those wins, particularly at home, or they're not going to show up. What else you got there, re-signing-wise? We got, uh, oh, oh, was this a little um, lead into one of your boys right now? Jack Bird with the one-year extension. You've got him for the next two years. He almost left for the dark side across the bridge, Brooksy, but thankfully he made the right decision to stay down in the Shire. Uh, Everyone's very happy. Uh, It's going to be officially announced in the coming days, but it's a known fact that he's signed a one-year extension. For the 2017 season. Yeah, so two more years. And then when all that salary cap money comes in from the new TV deal, he'll be able to ask for more money as well at that time. So it's a brave decision for a guy who has so many health problems and a guy who isn't established, even after one great year, for him to say, I'll just sign one-year extension. And then, because by then he might be not very good or he might be injured. So I think it's a pretty ballsy move, actually. And as you were referring to the dark side being the Dragons, and, and this was an interesting thing for me because I remember in previous seasons that there have been players that have been let go and then that original team, once that player was successful, was then trying to sign that player. And an example was Brent Kite when he was at the Dragons. Canberra offered him a contract of $30,000, I think it was, when the Dragons had offered something just under six figures back when he was at Canberra. And then after a couple of good seasons at the Dragons, they offered him $300,000. And this is where I sort of felt a bit uneasy about that, 
that we did get rid of Jack Bird. I think it was common knowledge that the Dragons didn't see him in their future plans and the Sharks, to their credit, saw potential and, by God, he he performed for them. And that's great to see that that culture is at the Sharkies that people will go, no, you know what, thank you, but no thank you. I've got a good thing here. I've got a great bunch of guys that I'm playing with. Brooksy, I remember, much like you will and some of our listeners will, end of 2014, the NYC semifinals, and Jack Bird was tearing it up for the Dragons. He was playing mostly right centre, sometimes switching to the back row. But he was such a dominant playmaker, even in those positions. And I think the plan always was for him to play first grade, but maybe not so quickly. But they lost their first four games last year. The first time I think he started at 5'8 was when they won their first game against the Roosters, and then they didn't look back. Kid with immense talent. Where his number one position is, we're not sure. We'll probably get into that with the Sharks preview in a few episodes' time. He's going to be in the 17 every week, and it's a quality re-signing and a lot of fans would have been very very upset at Cronulla if they hadn't re-signed him yeah and I don't think he would have had that stability at the Dragons let's say if he did wander over the dark side they have and with Lafayette's signing they have a bit of a log jam outside in the outside backs so would they have signed him to play in the outside backs and play somewhere else is another thing because he might not have been in a position where he would have been comfortable so that makes sense I, as a Dragons fan as well, I think he, he's playing really good football at the Sharks and I don't think he needs to change anything up. They've got a new halves combo and we'll talk about this later, but it's exciting for Sharks fans. I I, I see the smile on your face right now. Look, Brooksy, I'm happy with the re-signing and um, let's see where he fits into that 17 next year. On to a serious note, some other news that's come out during December has been Dragons prop Russell Packer being given the all-clear to play in the 2016 season. As we know, the Dragons signed him last season and he played pretty much the full season with the Illawarra Cutters in the New South Wales Cup. He was one of their better players throughout the season and was a key ingredient in the roster for 2016. Uh, Schnaz, what do you think about him being given the all-clear and being able to play this season? It is a bit controversial. I guess there is two different sides to the story. I heard an interesting debate on the radio, which I hadn't thought about. Should he play or not? I didn't really have that strong an interest in the subject. And then I heard differing opinions on the matter. And then I started thinking about it myself. And in that moment, I kind of went, he shouldn't be allowed to play in the NRL. What made you think that? The crime he committed was extremely serious. And if the person he'd attacked had died, which, which was a very strong chance that could have happened, he wouldn't be playing the NRL. Now... I'm not saying people can't have second or third chances. I also understand that it's a hypocritical approach because there are other players who have been in jail. There are players that have committed crimes and and not really even been punished and they're making a lot of money in the NRL. But I think the NRL need to get a bit of a grip on this situation. The Dragons didn't sign him because he's spent a year in jail and then come out a better person and is reformed and off alcohol. They signed him because he's a pretty good prop, which is what the Dragons need. Okay, we can't go back and tear up every contract of everyone that's done everything that's done something bad in the NRL. But I think that when you're committing these sort of assaults, or in his case, committing an assault like this, there just needs to be a bit of a, a line in the sand. And if you can't get rid of every player in the past who's done that, who's still playing in the NRL... 
and certainly in the future from here on in. It's the same with guys who have a history of sexual assault or any anything that might be in that region of, of, of badness. And then we go and celebrate women in league round. Or, or we all make that declaration that we're going to treat women with respect and not touch them in inappropriate ways. But then you look at some of these players, which is the same in society, of course. I just think that in Russell Packer's case, and I'm not picking on him, but I just think, you know what? I'm happy that he's... I'm, 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 I'm happy to hear that he's reformed and that he's a better person than what he was. But that's the whole idea of, you know, doing your time and coming out a better person. Do you get rewarded with a healthy contract and superstar status? And I don't know, man. I just... Like, I'm not going to boo him or anything. And, and I, I'm not... Even though it might sound that I'm not overly passionate about whether he plays or not, but my my opinion at the moment is at least maybe maybe some time needs to pass, a couple of years. Well, he was sentenced in January 2014, and we're now talking about his imminent return, December 2015. He did obviously get released from jail because of good behaviour. It's a it's a very tough subject, this one, and you see it throughout all different sports, and you see there's obviously different crime. Danny Wicks is the most recent NRL player to be have come out of jail and, and played NRL football after doing time. I think initially it is something that is tough for a lot of people to swallow, but I think there can be a lot of good that comes out of it. I think the story of a player like that and of his circumstances being able to come back to the NRL and play well and clean up his life is good. Great, because we got to think about too, Shnaz, I think the people that play rugby league as well would see him as a massive hero if he does, in hindsight, if he goes through the next few seasons, plays well, does a lot for the community. And this is a really tough situation. I'm sure the NRL who have had to make the decision about this on a lot of different players in the past. And also the Dragons, they're making a decision too to be associated with Russell post-crime and post-doing the time. I think that is going to say a lot about the league, about the club, about him over the next few seasons. And it's hard to judge right now. And it's something that we'll look back on and, and be able to see with 2020 vision and go whether it was a good decision or not. But I totally understand where you're coming from. And it is something that <laughs> it, that leagues across the world have to deal with. You know, if I was the boss of a company and I knew that someone I was interviewing had done that and then i'd heard about the amazing things he'd done post that you know i wouldn't just say no straight away i'd have to think about it i mean even now you're almost changing my mind it's funny you mentioned the danny wick situation for want of better words a drug dealer but then now he's signing autographs for little kids and you know what i mean and again he's done his done his time and he's changed his life yeah and that's a wonderful thing but it's just i don't know i don't know it's it's i guess as we you know, live through darker times. We're going to have to deal with these things in every day society, let alone in rugby league. But yeah, I just, I, I can't help but think what would have happened if the man who Packard attacked had died. I mean, obviously he'd still be in jail, you would think. But I wonder if he would have been rushed back into the NRL. Well, he's not rushed back, but I wonder if he would have had clubs chasing him. I know it's a what if, by sheer luck, the guy didn't die. Because in a lot of those situations, unfortunately these days which happen, people die. And it's just stupidity. It's drunken stupidity. We all know that. He stopped drinking. It's wonderful. I hope he's 
on his best behavior for the rest of his life and has a happy life and and goes forward from that event and because sometimes people don't and sometimes do and people do and they are the people that we look up to i'm not necessarily saying that it's an assault charge or anything like that but when someone's down on their luck and they're down at the bottom and they've got no one to turn to i think yes this is a circumstance that we will only look back on and see whether it was right or wrong. And and we're still, the jury's still out, sorry for lack of better words, with Danny Wick. That's one season, mind you. We can't be all like, oh, he's he's recovered and whatnot. And yeah, it's, it's amazing what Parramatta have done. We need to make that judgment at the end of careers. When do we start going, oh, yes, he's changed his life. We can only see that from certain angles i guess as a as a fan or as someone involved at the club the flip side of that brooksy is that you know he has friends and family who love him and and swear by him and want the best for him and so you can imagine if i don't know imagine one of his friends is at the dragons a teammate uh and they would be all for him coming to play so he can prove his worth and it's it's a it's a touchy one it's a touchy one we've seen guys like todd carney being chucked out of the nrl for I would say lesser, well, definitely lesser things. Uh, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong either, but it's interesting when you look at the people who have committed crimes or, or really bad social activities, who has been punished, who hasn't been punished, how they've been punished. A guy like Blake Ferguson's on his best behavior now, and he had a pretty good season on the field and off the field, and that's that's great. For me, a jury's still out, but by all reports, he's changing his life as well. So it's it's good the game can do that. It's just probably a shame that, a, they have to do it, and B, it's such a struggle of, of, of morals. Yeah, and we hope that these circumstances, which have been happening quite a bit in recent years with players off-field, that they slow down. And it, it seems like it is. I think we'll probably be touching, it in the, uh, touching on this in the next few episodes in our reviews, but it seems like it's slowing down. And I'm not going to say that everyone's going to be perfect from here on in, but Russell is going to be an example out there for a lot of young players, particularly at the Dragons. The other thing, of course, is that if he even comes to training with his shirt untucked, he'll be sacked. So, I mean, he's out there for everyone to watch the rest of his career in the NRL. And if he misbehaves in probably any way, you'd think that would be it. And that's been the case over the last 12 months with the Dragons. We've seen a couple of minor indiscretions with, with players, young players. Uh, one, for instance, Adin Fanua Blake, who was his contract was ripped up because of an off-field discretion. And that shows shows you where the club's at if a player does step out of line outside of working hours that that's what's going to happen only time will tell like i've said before and this is something that we'll probably monitor over the next few years and who knows like it could be one of the signings of the season Well, didn't it get heavy there at the end? We were really, I guess we were talking about how exciting the transfer system was and and with all the players changing teams. But I think we have to address, as fans, we have to talk about this stuff. This is stuff that we want to talk about throughout the season. If something like this pops up, we're going to talk about it and we're going to we're not necessarily saying either of us are right or any of you guys are right or wrong. This is what it's about. There's different angles you can come at with this stuff. And this is this is why we love rugby league. There is It's so diverse and there's so many different things that 
we can talk about with the sport. And this is why we have the podcast, because we're here to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, our own opinions, non-biased. That's what we're here for, and that's what you're going to hear each and every week. Speaking of that, Nathan, it's time for us to wrap this episode. We're going to come back really shortly, though, and in the next episode and onwards, we're going to be previewing clubs. But we're going to do it better than everyone else. It's not going to be boring. No, no, not boring at all. No. Well, I will bring in a pillow, but that will be for comfort for my reason. yeah comfort yeah for comfort. Yes, we're going to briefly preview the season ahead for teams and tell you how they're going to go and why they're going to go that way, as well as all the news every week. So thank you very much for listening. We we love doing this, and we hope that you can stay on board with us and tell your friends and family that the League Life is a great podcast. It's new. It's refreshing. Brooksy, I hope you have a great week. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Schnaz. I hope you have a great time. Where are you heading? Uh, Port Stephens for a few days. That'll be lovely. Yes. It's great this time of year. Shucking oysters. Any second now I'm leaving. Beautiful. I'm heading down to Rod Wishart Territory, Jerringong. Okay. For Christmas. Okay. But I guess uh, Port Stephens, we can segue into what we're going to talk about next podcast. 16 and 15. Newcastle and the West Tigers. Can't wait. It's going to be interesting. All of that and the latest news is coming soon, my friends. Thanks again, Brooksy. Thanks, Shnaz. And Marcus, bye for now. Tano plays it quickly. It comes with Thurston. Now's the chance. Jonathan Thurston kicks the Cowboys into history.